What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Travis Says Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron, and this week's episode is another fire episode. We are interviewing our friends and travel PTs, Joe and Sarah. I mean, it was amazing. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Mm -hmm. They are not only two of our really good friends, but they're also experts at traveling like international traveling mm-hmm. like they literally just landed in vietnam to go travel through southeast asia today the day this like came out right now mm-hmm. yeah for the next two months which we get into in this episode um but before we introduce joe and sarah i just want to remind everybody that you can now also watch the podcast so you are listening to it wherever whatever podcast platform you listen on but you can also go over to the travcest podcast youtube channel and there's a visual. You can actually watch us interviewing, uh, which is kind of cool. So it is. I, I love the visualization of it because you can see the people that we are interviewing and hear the put a voice to a face, and I, I, I like it a lot better. I'm more of a visual person. I feel like radiology people are visual learners, and so I feel like it's only proper to have a visual podcast. It's nice to have an option. Yeah. Sometimes I want to listen while I'm cleaning and cooking, and then sometimes. I want to have a cup of coffee and sit down and watch. And like, it's cool to be able to just choose what's your vibe of the day. Yep. So anyways, definitely go. head over, check that out. And when you are there, definitely subscribe um, and, and like it. Yes, definitely subscribe and like and share with your friends. Totally. <laughs> and one more house cleaning thing. If you were listening to this on Tuesday morning, the day that it comes out, um, we are going live tonight to do a, a full walkthrough of our Patagonia trip. Um, so if you are interested in that, make sure that you join the interest list because the interest list is where basically the people who get first, sorry, Mimi's distracting me, like <laughs> romping over like uh, all the things. Um, the interest list is where we send out all the details first and where people get first dibs to sign up for any trip. So even if it's not Patagonia um, and you are interested in future trips that we have planned, because um, we have a couple more planned for this year, get on that list. The link to do that is in the show notes. Um, and, and basically, we'll just send you emails updating you on the things with the trips. It's also on our website, I'mTravsS.com. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That was better. Adventure trips. It's very simple. Easy to find. That was better. I'm yeah. glad that you said that. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, the website is officially up. Yeah. Is it after seven months. So, um, yeah, it, it's up. She is running. So, if you want to go over, check that out. We have our Travcess merch now. Obviously, the backpacks, adventure trips. The content hub. Everything. It's sick, dude. Go check it out. We would love to hear what you think. DM us at Kim and Aaron G. Like, let us know what you think. It's something that we're really proud of, and I think it came out really good. So head over to I'mTravcess.com. Check out all the things, and now let's introduce Sarah and Joe. That's an easy one. Um, Like we said at the beginning, these are our two favorite people. Um, They are travel PTs, and in this episode, we cover... A wide range of kind of like their story getting into traveling and that was like super interesting because what they're doing now was the goal they had when they started and I I you know Kim and I kind of had a goal but it wasn't that precise like they've stuck with it and to see where they are now and what they're doing it's inspirational to me 
Well, and their goal was that they wanted to work a contract and take off a contract to go travel. Um, that They knew that from the beginning. That was their plan. And that's what they've been able to do. And it's so cool because that's like the ultimate traveler's dream, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to work a contract, take a contract, go travel the world, come back, take another contract, work, save money. And so we get into that in this episode uh, because they're like the experts in this space on that, in our opinion, because that is what they do. <laughs> they have had so many epic trips over the last couple of years. And so they help give tips of how they plan for this financially, how they set themselves up to be able to go do this. They have so many great tips and insights to help people really be able to plan the in-between times um, of your contracts. And also, Joe is a big um, travel hacking points guy, so he shares a lot of different insight like on his Instagram of how they're able to get like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of flights or hotels and lounges and all of that. So they are just uh, a plethora of knowledge when it comes to international travel and setting yourself up for that. No, and totally. And I think too, like, you know, we, we met them at Travcon and then they came on our Inca trail, uh, trip uh, to Peru, one of our first adventure trips. And we really got to connect with them. And, and one thing that I love is there's so much like a plethora of knowledge when it comes down to travel hacking and, and doing these trips, but they're also have a deep way of thinking like Joe and Sarah can challenge us in questions and it's always like the best conversations and they actually bring that into this podcast there's a lot of you know things that they describe on like mindset of a traveler and you know the mindset going into things and how to handle bad contracts I mean we talk about it all and they drop some dimes in this podcast um I was going to give one away when we were talking about this and Kim was like don't give it away let people watch it and find it yeah no, you guys are going to love this episode. They also talk about traveling as a couple and yeah. which is, you know, we get asked a lot about how do you guys find contracts together? Like what's your strategy for working together at the same place and that. So they really get into that and share what they do. And they're just amazing. Good energy, fun, um, but add lots of valuable and tips and wisdom drops and all of the things. They also mentor new travelers coming in. Um, if you have questions for them, reach out to them. Follow them on Instagram. They are literally starting their next adventure, like we said, in Southeast Asia right now. So go follow along with them. You guys are going to love them. Um, their Instagram, well, Sarah says just follow Joe because he yeah, does all he the things. Yeah. He does all the things. She's like, He's I, like a story maniac, dude. He is. God. I literally just messaged him um, or DM'd him because I haven't seen or heard from because they've been on a flight to Vietnam for like two days, as we know. Like mm-hmm. it's the longest flight and then the time change. And I'm like... Um, are you guys okay? Cause I haven't seen or heard from you in like a day and I'm getting withdrawals mm-hmm. and like just checking in. Right. Cause he's, they always share so much on their story. So go check them out at J Daniels underscore DPT. So it's J D A N I E L S underscore DPT. Give him a follow. Y'all are going to love it. Obsessed with this episode. Without further ado, welcome Joe and Sarah to the Travis podcast. Cheers, you guys. Cheers. Cheers with our favorite beverage. We all have coffee this morning. Yeah, so it's it's definitely not the happy hour vibe because some of us had too much happy hour last night. Um, Some of us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we are starting with coffee because I, 
as much as I'd be like, okay, cool, let's have a cocktail, it's a little too early for me. It is uh, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, yeah. and I guess 9 where you are, right? Uh, no, it's 10 here. Oh, we're on the same? Same. There we go. Yeah. Well, welcome, guys. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We've been like wanting to get you guys on to talk to you like forever. Um, I mean, it's been like, what, two years now? Since the podcast started. Yeah. yeah. And so we met you guys a little backstory. So we met Joe and Sarah at TravCon a couple of years ago. Well, a lot more, like four or five years ago, right? Yeah. Because we didn't go two years. Yeah, I want to say. Really? We'll meet in the middle and call it a three. Yeah. Okay. Done. Three years ago, met, hi, and then we kind of like knew each other through the traveling community. And then you guys came on our Inca Trail trip last year, and we just had like an instant connection. Like yeah. we got to really know each other, really connect. Like you guys are foodies, you're obsessed with traveling. Like we just deep into mindset, yeah. everything. It was love at first, <laughs> yeah. at first meet, and now it's like we are moving next door to each other and right. traveling the world together, and the rest is history. So, <laughs> well, we are super stoked. Thanks for having us. Um, excited to talk to you guys as always. Um, but yeah, we're we're ready to chat. That's for sure. I love it. So I actually, with Kim saying that you guys are foodies and saying that this podcast is like happy hour with us, or like we're having dinner. I know you guys are foodies, so I'm going to throw your question that you laid on me in the Inca Trail back to you. Uh -oh. So if we had the best chefs in the world were all in our rooms and they were ready to prepare, what would you order for this podcast? Wait, it's your last meal? No, he did last meal. He went deep. Yeah. I'm actually just saying for the podcast, since it's dinner, dinner okay. vibes, like dinner with us kind of deal, what would you order? Drink and food so i think the first question to that is is this a shareable between the four of us do i have my own sarah and i don't like to share. you know i don't you know i don't share food bro <laughs> i don't share food so this is your meal so for us for no doubt so i'm a sushi guy at heart um sushi is the deathbed meal we're going to japan um hopefully in december we've had some of the best sushi in the world here domestically so sushi all day long um and probably a nice good clean sake to go with that uh, hey, Sarah. Stocky instead of an old fashioned. Yeah. Because I'm going to go with a really good old fashioned. Yeah. And food? Um, some crab legs for sure. And interesting. Choice. I know, but I love crab legs. Um, and my all time favorite dessert is mango sticky rice. Girl. So I'm so excited to get some good stuff. Yeah. Oh. Nice, nice. I love it. That okay. sounds amazing. So I'll just pick off and your then plates. I would pick some of his. And let me be clear with the sushi. I'm, I'm not a roll kind of guy. This is nigiri. <laughs> and for, for you guys who are not sushi people, nigiri is rice, fish. That's it. I have a tattoo of a sushi piece on my leg. It represents the foodie in me. And absolutely, yes. Uh, I'm a nigiri girl, too. Like, I do like a good roll, but I like a good, I like a salmon nigiri. Mm -hmm. I don't like a super, do you like a thick slice of fish? No. Me either. Salmon. Sometimes it's so thick. Yep, and there's a there's a sushi variety called aburi, which is basically seared. So mm -hmm. whatever fish it is, it's seared on top. It brings out the flavor a little more. It's a little crispier. Uh. Yeah, we had a we had a sushi in Vancouver that was more. It was different than we've ever had, and it was cut in squares. Mm -hmm. And then they hid a little dollop of flavor 
in the rice. And so it kind of elevated the fish. So it was like a lemon flavor or like a lemon wasabi or, you know, and like literally there's no soy. Yeah, you weren't allowed to use soy. Oh, yeah. It was like, no, like get out. And that was the first time we've been somewhere fancy like that where they didn't put soy on the table. There was none of that. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I have to have the soy. And I was like, no, you don't. And they're like, just try it. Just try it. And so I did. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, you don't even need soy. Like, that's good sushi. That's when you know it's real. When there's no chopsticks, they make you eat with your hands, nothing extra, one whole bite. That's the deal. So what are your meals? Wow. Uh, I know. I was just saying with you guys, just to get started. Um, I on. would have a filthy, disgusting Tito's martini, like all olive juice, basically. Yeah, vodka and olive juice. Blue cheese stuffed olives, clearly. And then I want, I've been craving ramen going with the Japanese. I like really want some good vegetarian, spicy, mushroom filled ramen. Hmm. I'm going with that. And some yoizas. Nice. Yeah. Crap, dude. I don't know. I'm like flipping out here. I would definitely old fashioned, no doubt. Um, clean, just light on the bitters, just <laughs> basically whiskey and, and ice. Um, and orange. <laughs> and, and a little dollop of orange. Yeah. Um, and then I would have to, God, you got me on the ramen and the sushi. I'm like sticking in that. I think the ramen sounds good, but I could actually go like nice steak medium rare with a potato and a good salad and a dinner roll. Ooh, garlic knots? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's where I'm at. All right, that's what we're having. Waiter, let's go. <laughs> that sounds so, oh my gosh. I'm A, I'm really jealous. You guys are going to Japan. Um, you guys are about to kick off on this crazy adventure traveling through Southeast Asia, which we want to get into. So you guys are huge travelers. You take a lot of time off to travel the world and have like these incredible experiences. And so we want to like get into all of that with you guys and get your tips and like how you kind of plan it and go about it and talk about your trip, which we're super jealous of and wish that we were coming with you guys. Um, but first, we want to like roll it back and like take it back to the beginning of before you guys even started traveling. And I know that you guys met at school in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. shout out Duval. Um, but like, what was, how, like, how did you guys meet? And like, how did that then lead you into traveling? Like, what were those steps? How did you get into this whole crazy lifestyle? Want me to start? Yeah. So that was a loaded question. So, <laughs> so we met in Jacksonville um, for during our residency program. So we had finished PT school. Um, I was doing orthopedic residency. He was doing geriatric, and I was always on the like. I went to school. <clears throat> I was working hard. I was going to do residency and then fellowship. And I think Joe had always been thinking about travel, um, but it wasn't really on. And so when we met and he was all about travel, he wasn't very happy that I was going to do a fellowship after residency, which meant waiting two more years for him to travel. But I don't, I was very um, goal oriented and work mindset. And when I finished residency, I was like, I kind of need a little bit of a break after this. So mm -hmm. I went through fellowship, but travel was just always our plan after that. I mean, when somebody proposes, 
working for three months and then taking three months off and you're deep in the schooling uh, route, it's very enticing to just say, yeah, I'm just going to mm-hmm. leave and, and go travel. So yeah. he stuck around for two years and waited for me to finish fellowship. Um, and then we had to work some perm jobs for a little bit just for tax home stuff um, before we took the dive into it. Yeah. But he, he was a big influence for me getting into travel and haven't looked back since. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you, then Joe, you knew about traveling while you were a student and like already knew that's what you were going to do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Period. Before I say this, you guys camera shifted. Aaron, I can only. I know. Yeah, I know. I keep going like this. <laughs> like, I don't know why it's like tracking. I got it. Right. I, like- I keep like going like this. <clears throat> so yeah, my, when I first started PT school, I think was, was 2014. And, um, I met some friends in PT school who had some friends who were traveling at the time. And so I started talking to them before I even finished my, my original degree. And so I had, you know, you guys know me on social, I'll hop on and try and start talking to everybody and anybody to find out as much as I could. So by the time I met Sarah, I was like ready to go. I'm like, I'm done with residency. I'm like itching, chomping at the bit. I had already gone to some conferences, um, that had a lot of travelers. It wasn't TravCon, but uh, I was ready, you know? And then I, I met her and she told me two year, two more years, and I, I had to think deep about whether or not I wanted to commit to this. And I said, are you sure you want to do this? You know, I think we're both ready. You know, you have a lot of debt and stuff to pay off, and so did I at the time. And so um, she, she was decided, you know, on higher education. And I think that's that's one of the things that set us apart as clinicians in the rehab world is that we do have, you know, those, those credentials, the residency, fellowship training. Um, which is great in hindsight, because now we've become a lot of, we've become a mentor to a lot of folks with regards to expertise and clinical stuff. And it was really important for me to do that first before we traveled. Like I, I could not imagine traveling first and then going back to, to that intent. Right. Um, so for my career goals, it it just had to work in this order, finishing that first before we travel. And I wouldn't change that. For the world. Well, and the other thing is, it's really given us an opportunity to get a lot of jobs that are otherwise highly competitive, right? Because of our credentials, our name goes to the top of every list. And so we have the pick of the litter and going all the cool places that we want, um, which again, in hindsight is, you know, made us kind well of really fortunate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Right. So you took the two years and you did your fellowship. Mm-hmm. And then in that time, so you knew after these two years, we're going to do the travel thing. So did you use those two years then to like kind of plan for it and get yourselves ready to go? Because obviously you knew you were going to travel. So you didn't buy a house. You probably worked on paying stuff off. Like you were getting ready because you knew that that was what you were going to do. I really think the prospect of travel is what kept me motivated through those two years we didn't have a lot of free time like joe decided to study for some stuff on his own and i was kind of immersed in the fellowship stuff but every once in a while we would you know lift our heads out of that world and look forward to travel and do some research so we kind of dabbled in it um and pretty much knew exactly what we needed to do to establish our tax home and how we were going to orchestrate things by the time we were done so it was a nice distraction just looking forward to having some fun after we finished all of that yeah yeah did you guys know that before you started traveling that you there was a possibility to work together or were you just going at it with the plan of like somebody will take one and we'll figure it out or or was it kind of 
in that time frame, you actually saw, hey, we can do this together. Um, I know you guys are different specialties, but right, like right, focus specialties. Yeah, so Sarah works strictly outpatient orthopedics. She did do a contract with me this past one in the hospital, and she figured out quickly that that is not for her, and we'll be going. Yeah, you know, back to, back to outpatient, um, but learned a lot of stuff. But, but, you know, in the beginning, um, we knew we could work together because I had done that research and that legwork while I was in PT school. And I told her the one thing that's important, as you guys know, in travel world is you have to be flexible, right? So we were willing to work anywhere on the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, California, Alaska. Um, and we were pretty much in the beginning willing to go anywhere just to get our feet wet, learn as much as we could, um, and just see what the travel world was all about. Um, and so I think that that's the main point is if you're flexible as a, as a couple, as a pair, you can make it work. It's really, yeah. if you pigeonhole yourself and say, I only want to go to, you know, Los Angeles, I only want to work in outpatient and I only want to work this time of year. That's not what travel is. You guys know that. Um, and that's what you preach to the community. So, but there's definitely a lot of discussions of, okay, are you going to take a job when I don't have one? And how do we reverse engineer? That's like it. now at this point, he's got a job in Seattle and I don't. Um, but we've, we've built enough experience to be relatively confident that we, that I can get a job. So I don't think we would have taken a job like this early on. Like in the beginning, we were more conservative. Like we're not going to sign until both of us have a job and you get enough experience that you can say with relative certainty that something will work out. And so it's, it's learning a lot, but we knew that we could travel together. It's a little challenging to find two PT positions, but we've got good recruiters. So it's always worked out up to this point. I mean, and, and we work with five, you know, different companies. We've already been in Seattle. Sarah has a relationship with multiple companies there. And so we have roots there that we can go back to. It's all a matter of timing, as you guys know. Yeah. We always say that too, you know, when people want to work together, um, you know, obviously like I do ultrasound, Aaron does IR. So we're both not the same modality, but we do the same thing where there might not always be an ultrasound job and an IR job at the same time, at the same place, but you learn over time that one of you takes a lead, right? And like mm-hmm. most of the time in the bigger cities, especially something usually opens up, even if there's like a month lag or a couple of weeks, something always opens up for the other person. So when we both wanted to work, Because sometimes we like to go every other. But when we both wanted to work, we've never had an issue finding something Mm -hmm. that clicks in over time. And you also, as a traveler, like you said, you gain the experience. You start to understand the market and how it works and where are the jobs and where are the places that, you know, pop up. And I always say that when we're even teaching this stuff, it's like you can have those conversations with your recruiter. Like, where do you see a lot of IR and ultrasound jobs? Or where do you see a lot of outpatient and inpatient you know pt like where do you see those pop up and then is there one of us that has a a contract current there well then that person's going to take the lead and you can figure that out it's just a matter of like are you willing to figure it out (laughs) another thing that's important for the audience especially for for newbies and that i wish sarah and i knew going in is sarah and i are picky we don't just go anywhere right so you can be picky as long as you're flexible as much as that's a catch-22 right so sarah and i we have, we have two bedrooms. We sleep separate, right? Because I'm loud and she's a light sleeper, right? We need a backyard. We travel with a dog. So it has to be pet friendly, right? As with you guys. 
Um, you know, and, and as our last contract in Bakersfield in California, there's only certain places in that city you can live because it's not safe to live other places, right? So there are check boxes that we certainly have. And we've still never had an issue finding a job. But right? we're also so, picky with our jobs because that is a huge factor in quality of life, right? Like for outpatient, you know, what your productivity standard is for inpatient, how the management, mm -hmm. I mean, management in both settings for sure. So we have, and a lot of that comes from working solid, good quality, permanent jobs in the beginning. We know mm -hmm. what we want and you know, we, there's always compromises for sure. Um, but we've been able to craft this, the living situation where we still have quality of life. We're still enjoying our time on contracts. Um, but you learn what your non-negotiables are, for sure. And for our right. we've learned, you know, the hospitals he can work at are more select than the outpatient clinics. Like, there's a lot more locations for outpatients. So now we've started, if he can find a hospital, then I can reverse engineer outpatient in that area. So you learn how to prioritize um, different settings, but some of that comes with experience. Like we didn't know that going. Yeah. And we've just figured it out. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Mm. I could see that you're still, there's like a lag. Um, no, but I think that's really, well, I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, I always say like, look at the bigger picture because sometimes there's places that you really want to go. So say Seattle, for instance, like that's like a dream location for you guys, right? Like, or Harborview. And it might not be the best schedule, say, or there might not be a job right away for Sarah or whatever the case is, but like that's somewhere you really want to go. You're going to like make it work, you know, or there might be a job that just is a lot of money and like you just want to make as much money as possible so that you can take a couple months off and go travel. And so it may not be the best, you know, job you've ever had, but looking at that bigger picture, what are your goals for each contract? And that will help you make the decisions of like, are you willing to be flexible in this area to gain this or not? This camera is really freaking me out. Like, I don't know why it's just like very robotic. Well, it's because it's on some AI. I just bought I a new like a new camera. It's like zooming up on so do you know why? So when you show your palm, it's reading that and it's gonna it's gonna focus in on who has their palm up. So so just keep your palms I'm a hand down. talker. Just do a do a reverse palm. We are yeah. Um. This is crazy. Yeah, this is like the worst like camera thing ever. Hey, we're, we're figuring hey, it we're out. We're the guinea pigs. It's all good. Glad you guys are. Well, it's just me apparently. I'll I'll keep the interview going yeah. here. Um. So anyways, yeah, so I think it's like looking at the, the bigger picture, knowing what your goals are. We always say be really clear, like, what are you and what do you want to get out of this contract? Do you want to learn a new skill? Do you want to make money? Is it a location? And then kind of make a decision based on that. Mm -hmm. And that's really helpful. Totally. You can kind of pick and choose kind of what you want to get into. And then I do want to say, I was just gonna say that's an ever evolving process. Like getting into travel is a little daunting and you don't know those things in the beginning. So we made plenty of mistakes along the way and, you know, missed out on money, had a job that was less than perfect. Um, but as long as it's not catastrophic, you learn that with experience, but <clears throat> just understanding that it's not expected for you to have all of that really clear cut when you take the dive into travel and, and not putting any pressure on you. Like it's three months. If you make a bad decision, you can get through three months. I mean, I mean, I 
figure yeah, it out. And to your point, it's all mindset, right? Like they're not mistakes. They're growth right. opportunities, yeah. right? We're not nervous. We're excited, right? And if you can, which going into this travel game makes it phenomenally more rewarding and a better experience. A hundred percent. No, totally. And I even think that's, you know, that's, that's huge. And we also say like learning for the newbies of, of interviews can tell you a lot. Um, okay. What the fuck? Just take it off. Like, no, let me just, I'll, I'll cut all this. Um, we should have just we done the zoom. Like Stare at your face. <laughs> Can you see me? Yeah, it's like zoom, zoom, zoom. I got it. Um, okay. And then we're back. All right. It's like super distracting to me. I turned off the gesture, so hand gesture here can't. You know, doing I'm a hand talker. No, I can't. I just stop, won't stop. I never realized that that would be an issue. Okay, so back let's start it. back with the mindset because I I wanted to say something, but oh, with me. Okay, yeah. So I was saying is like you realize with you know we always tell the the interviews is what you can really tell, and a lot of people feel that like when they're going into an interview, especially people coming off a of full time, you know that interview process when it's like a full time job and. I actually hate interviews in general. I think it's all crazy because you can say what you want to say and people learn the skill and it's a skill, right? It really doesn't bring out. Of like knowing what you're supposed to right. say and or what so, they want to hear. Right. Yeah. And so that's where it's just like, but you as a traveler can interview them and get a lot of information. With that being said, it, that was a really good point that you made that it's not mistakes. Like the, the times that I've realized like, oh shit, I didn't ask those questions and this is what I got. Then you're like, okay, like, but I can get through this for three months. It's never been like, I have to leave now. Like, this is just awful. And so it's one of those things you're just like, okay, that's in my pocket and I can continue on. Well, and I wanted, since we're, I guess we'll like jump ahead to this because I wanted to ask you guys, because like, I know not all contracts are easy to get through and you guys just were wrapping up a contract that wasn't your favorite you, you've ever had, right? As we all have those contracts, we're like, this is a freaking struggle. Like this is, this is hard. And, but it's three months you put your head down and you, and you get through it because you know what's on the other side of that. My question is when you guys were going through that, right? A, a challenging few months, what was your mindset? What were the tools that you used to continue to get up every day, work out, take care of yourselves, go to work, be positive, make friends, get through it and keep going. Even when you were like, I want to get the fuck out of yeah. here. Like, what do you guys do? What are your go-tos? I think three things, right? First and foremost for us, we have trained ourselves to be great clinicians and it's always patients first, right? Like the reason that we do this at the end of the day is to change people's lives on a daily basis, right? And so we know if we're bringing bad energy to work, patients pick up on that, patients read that, right? That's first and foremost. So you have to get yourself up for the person in front of you. And if you can't do that, maybe you're not in the right profession, right? We all have our up and down days, but I think that's number one. Number two is is money and and saving for this Asia trip. We knew we had this on the horizon. So every hour that we're working, we're building that bank, right? And now looking back at it, we have everything we need. We have our nice little nest egg. We're good to go. Um, 
And I think third is growth and mindset, right? Like if you're an individual who wants to challenge yourself and make mistakes on a daily basis, mistakes are what stain you personality wise to be able to change those experiences in the future because you remember viscerally what happened and you can get better, right? So every day for us was an opportunity to get better, especially for Sarah, you know, who was in a new environment for the first time, who definitely had her ups and downs. And Um, like, I took this job knowing that it was outside my comfort zone. Like that was a very informed decision and you don't know some things if you don't try. And so even if I realized in the first few weeks that it wasn't going to be my new favorite, like there's still opportunities to learn. There's still room for growth. And I think that's something that I seek out in every aspect of my life. So it was hard, but I learned something every day, which was, you know, it, it made me feel like I was improving. And I know as a person what fills my cup. So we were you know, our relationship got a lot of work during that time. We were in the gym. Well, also because we were working together for the first time ever. But oh, uh, prioritizing our sleep, our gym routine. And so I felt good as an individual. And even if the clinical side was a little bit draining, I knew how to keep myself, um, keep my cup full during that so I could show up for work. And it was hard. But if you look at it as an opportunity to get better as much as it sucks, it's a lot easier than if you go in every day saying, this is going to suck. Why am I here? Why do I have to do this? Well, and just one more thing, our saving grace on this contract was our CrossFit gym, right? Our CrossFit community, and I know CrossFit's not for everyone, um, but our CrossFit community was phenomenal, right? Our coach was amazing. The people we met and we went out to dinners with really held us together. So if you can find some sense of community or something that allows you to unplug, whatever that is for you, um, that is super important to be able to bring your best every day and find find some places to get better, right? And something that Joe's helped me with is I tend to ruminate on things like if, I, if the day doesn't go well, I'll go home and I'll think about it or I think about patience and having some boundaries of like, when you go home, you're home and you're Sarah and Joe, you're not PTs and, and having those buckets um, helps my mental energy be a little bit more sustainable. And tell them about our parking lot and our car talks before oh, yeah. we, we get home. I mean, we have some some boundaries, especially working together, like work talk doesn't go into the house. Like even I mean, we'd sit in the car for 15 or 20 minutes when we got home just unloading some things and you know I had a lot of questions because mm-hmm. he's got a lot more hospital experience and trying to get through that but once we went into the house that conversation was done and it those boundaries just help it be more sustainable because if you're constantly in the work mode and work isn't perfect then it can be very draining yeah well and I love that and I think like what you guys said about CrossFit, like whether it's CrossFit or hiking or the people or food or, or just exploring a new area, find the joy in whatever area that you can, right? Find the joy that's going to keep you going, filling your cup up first, right? Taking care of yourself first so that you feel your best so that you can go in and tackle the day to learn the thing, show up for your patients, make the best out of the experience that you're in because you're there. You're not leaving. You're, you're not unless you're going to walk out and quit, which is very rare, and we would never recommend that. Yeah. Um, but you're there, and so like really making the best out of it. And then I think the the what you said about having a purpose and an intention, like for Sarah, like the purpose of learning. You're learning a new skill that now you can take with you, even if you don't want to continue or it or not. <laughs> yeah. But you have like a new skill that you learned. 
And then being able to know you are saving for this badass trip and like putting your head down and knowing every time you clock in, like you said, money in the bank and like having that purpose and very clear intention just allows you to get through every day. And so we always say, set a goal, something you want to walk away from this three months or five months and be like, wow, like that was so worth it because now I'm on the other side well, of you, it. You also have to be intentional about it, right? I mean, it, it's one of those things that you can set goals. And, and I know a lot of people that will talk a goal, but they're not intentional with it and they don't keep reminding themselves. And there's, a, there's constant reminders, especially when you're in the weeds of it. And I know, you know, you guys have different settings. Our big thing is like call, like just constantly on call oh. and how bad is the call and and, you know, I'm starting this weekend is my first call weekend. And I literally can feel the anxiety like building up. I just don't like it. I, I want my time to be home. I'm home. I'm off work. No, that's not how it works. Right. So I'm on all weekend and then I start my week again. And so like going down that path of just like every time I clock in, that is X, Y or Z. That is my goal. And every time I clock in, I say it to myself. Hey, nice job, buddy. Like you did this like you you're clocking in for this. And then it instantly puts that smile on your face. You're like, let's get it. Let's go. And, you know, and so we, we've done that before when we work together. It's just like, why are you clocking in? And she's like, clocking in for this. And I'm like, I'm right behind you. I'm clocking in for this. And it just does. Those little tips take you a lot farther, especially in situations that you're not feeling lit up about because the contract might be this or that, right? Yeah. I want, so I want to get into like this big trip that you guys are about to go on and all of that. Um, cause I'm really, I just like selfishly want to like ask you guys some questions, but before that, like leading up to this, like Joe, you had been wanting to travel so long. You guys waited these two years. You went off like this dream of travel and all like this lifestyle you were going to create for yourself and this money and all this stuff. When you got out there and started, was it everything you thought it was going to be? Like, do you, were you like, are you, I know you guys love traveling, but was it everything you thought or like, were there some challenges that came up that maybe you didn't really foresee coming or kind of what are your, what's your, what are your thoughts on this travel life now that you're doing? I it? mean, I'm definitely travel obsessed for sure. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I wouldn't change this for the world. Are there some trials and tribulations? Yes, absolutely. But Aaron, you know this, I tell you guys all the time, like the best expectations are no expectations, right? That way there's, and, and that's not a self-protective preservation thing. That's just be open-minded. It's going to be what it's going to be. And the more expectations you have, the more you allow yourself to potentially be let down or, or have to have that conversation with yourself. As I thought it was going to be this, but it's this. Just go in with a smile on your face. Be ready to work. Be ready to meet people from all walks of life. Um, and you'll have a good time. Um, and that's kind of what I went into it with. And I really haven't been disappointed since, to be honest. I mean, what are your thoughts? It's everything I thought it was going to be and more. Yeah. But I think a lot of that is because we planned so much and I am by nature very much a planner. And that's something that, um, <laughs> I'm working on, but we did so much, we, you know, during those two years of fellowship, like we, we really knew everything there that I feel like we needed to know about pay packages and, and tax homes and all of that. So we were really well prepared. Um, I'm learning to let go and not plan as much, <laughs> which is a process. Um, but really everything that we've done, there've been some times where we have to sit down and say, okay, how are we going to figure this out? But it's all 
really fallen into place. Like our whole plan was to work for three or four months and then take a few months off. And we've been able to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I think doing the legwork in the beginning has made it pretty much exactly what we wanted, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. Aaron and I are, are tapping each yeah. other because we both wanted to say something. No, Sarah just said on something. So that was your original plan from the get was like, even before you got into traveling, was like, we'll work three or four months, take off time and go travel the world not working. So that was from the beginning. That didn't develop as you guys were traveling? No. So I think everyone has their reason to get into travel initially, right? Um, you know, and... and Paying off loans is certainly a big part of that. But yes, we knew, and that was my main intention from the beginning, is that the thing that this community gives you is flexibility and freedom with your time, right? Money doesn't buy happiness, but money buys time off, and time off sure as shit buys happiness, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amen. So ultimately, that's what it came down to for us. We knew that was the plan from the jump. Okay. Well, and I, and I just want to say, too, like, you know, I know you guys talk to like a lot of new travelers getting started and like this podcast, the group, everything is geared towards, you know, connecting with new travelers or people who are thinking about it that didn't know it existed and like showing them what's possible with this lifestyle, right? It's, it's become such a passion of ours because you guys, it's so cool. Like you knew in school, you wanted to get into this lifestyle. So you were able to set your mind around, okay, like we want to live as frugal as possible. We're not going to buy a house. We're going to, you know, this is our plan. We're going to take time off. We're going to travel. Like it's so exciting to be able to like step into that fully ready and excited and prepared where like a lot, like for us, we didn't know about traveling for five years into our careers. So we had bought the house. We had done all the things. So now we're like on cleanup duty, right? Of like trying to like reset our lives to then be able to start traveling. So I think it's really cool to be able to show new people or people who are in school, like, Hey, like if you want to travel, it's possible. And you can work three months, take time off, travel the world, pay off debts, save your money, live in cool places. Like, I just think it's so exciting for people like that are just learning about it. And I just wish like we would have known about it and we would have done things so differently. Mm -hmm. But just even knowing that you guys were going in like, okay, we're working three to four months and then we're taking three months off. Like that's your plan. Well, that's not so only cool. was it your plan, it's played out. And I think that's the biggest thing. Everybody can have a great plan. Then you get in the weeds of it and like shit starts to happen. But you guys have stuck with that. And it's been amazing. So it's been amazing watching that journey. And so now hearing that you guys had that plan from the beginning even just makes it that much better. But that, so, so that's a big pivot from my initial plan. Like, you know, before I met him, I was in the, I've got all this debt. I need to work. I need to, you know, save all this money. And it's not fulfilling. Like I was, by the time I got to residency, I was, well, through residency, I guess. I was already pretty burnt out. Like it wasn't lighting my fire every day. I didn't have a lot of joy. And so plans change. Like you get into one plan and you might realize that it's not what you thought it was going to be and it's okay to pivot. And I mean, he was a great influence on that, but you don't have to have somebody else to influence that. So I think the plans are good, but it was a big change from what I initially set out to do and a good change. Well, and that's how, that's how we were too. I was the no, we need the 401k. We need to do this. We have to work, you know, 20 straight years. We, you know, take two weeks off, a, a, you know, in our year. And she was like, like let's travel the world. Yeah. Who cares? Experiences. It's 
life. Who cares? You know, she's like, like I'm going to experience now. And I'm like, but now doesn't get you to the future. Yep. Right. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> well, and I always say too, it's like, get into action. Like you said, pivot. Like it's, you can no expectations, right? It's like, take, take a step and see how it feels. And maybe you want to change the plan and maybe you want to pivot, but it's all about just allowing yourself to do what feels good and continue to lean into that. And if chance, if plans change, that's awesome too, you know, sure that you're happy during all of that. If you have a plan and you're miserable executing it, even if your plan is to travel and that you find out that's not for you, like it's okay to change it because I mean, we got two, we have two more lifetimes ahead of us. I don't want to be miserable every day. Right. Yes. A <laughs> 100%. Like, you know, we, we've talked about like when we were going to take a year to travel and like, that was our, that was been my dream forever. And like, that's what we were going to do. And here we go. And we've saved and we've planned and everything. And we get out there and a couple months in, we were like, holy shit. Like, I'm exhausted. I mean, we were also like launching traps. Like there was other things going on. I think if we were just focused on the travel, it might've been a little different, but we were like, this, this isn't going to work. Like, you know, and after we built up this year of travel, but it was like, you pivot and we took a chance. We went for it, realized actually this isn't what we want. We like shorter spurts of travel, like a couple of months. The Joe and Sarah way. Yeah. You guys go hard and then you go back and we're like, we want to do it like Joe and Sarah. Like that sounds fun. And we changed and pivoted and it's all good. You know, like do what feels good. Not what you said you were going to do or what you plan to do. Yep. Just go, okay. you know? All right, let's get into it. So you guys are about to go to Southeast Asia. You're leaving Sunday? Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Sunday. Out of Wow. And you're going to Vietnam first. Yep, Vietnam first, Thailand, um, Japan and Korea for sure. Bali and Indonesia is a maybe based on the time and the sequencing. But we have a backpack. We have three nights in a hotel and a one-way ticket and that's it. Okay. A, I just got chills. B, <laughs> I like literally just got chills. Like I'm so excited for you guys because I feel like we've been talking about this for so long and like you guys leading up to this trip and like now it's here. Like you made it through your contract. Here we go. And before we get into like the actual trip itself, you guys take, a, you take months off at a time to go travel as we've been talking about, right? You really use this lifestyle to create that freedom for yourself. It also costs money to be able to take this kind of time off. So how do you guys like use these contracts to kind of plan and prep to be able to take this time off to go have these experiences? Like what's your method or do you have one? Yeah, for sure. So I, th I think debt is different for everyone, right? And no one wants to live with debt. Some people are like, I'll pay the minimum until my life is done. Um, and then you have people like us who want it off as fast as possible. So um, I didn't have too much coming out. I got my stuff paid off pretty quickly. Now we're working on paying Sarah's off. So hopefully we'll be done with that by the middle of next year. Um, so basically we put all of her income to her loans and basically all of my income to our travel um, contracts, right? Outside of our daily living expenses. Outside so of our, right. Not when I say all of, I mean, we live frugally, we pay our rent and our food and, and whatever other bills we have, and then we save the rest. And the other big thing is credit card hacking and travel hacking for sure. Um, 
So, you know, I, I, you, you guys have seen this on my social stuff already. We have like 10 to 15 grand to play with from a cash perspective for this trip and about $8,000 between the two of us in credit card points. Um, so that's kind of the way that circle goes. And we come back when we run the money. That's the reality. Okay, so that's what I was going to say. So like you knew you were going to Southeast Asia. So you guys kind of knew like, okay, we want to hit Southeast Asia. This is kind of the places we want to go. This is our budget. So we're just going to hit it hard. And when we run out of money, we come yeah. home. And that's that kind of the end that's of it. it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. some of it's like we started looking at Southeast Asia. We really wanted to go there. But cost of living is a lot less expensive than when we did Europe. I mean, we did like... Uh, Greece and a couple other places last year, I think. Europe, so, yeah. so the amount of time that you can stay in a place that's more expensive is limited. So we knew we could stretch this a little bit more just because of the region that we were going to. And it really comes down, like for me, for paying off loans, I want to pay them off, but I also want to live my life. So it's a balance. Like I don't, I, we work with older people all the time that say, I wish I had done this when I was younger. So yeah, I probably could have paid off my loans, you know, all last year if I hadn't take, taken time off, but it's trying to balance those two things and still enjoy life. Yeah. So I've decided to split the travel and the loan and paying off loans. Some people decide to work straight through just to get those paid off quicker, mm -hmm. but it felt right to me to split it. Yeah. I mean, life is really, really short people. Um, <laughs> let's all agree on that. And like Sarah said, we see people on a daily basis, especially in the hospital and with you guys, you know, and the acuity of that. Your, your life can change in an instant. No one, not a single person on their deathbed would have said, I wish I would have worked more. That, that's not what anyone said, right? It's more time with friends and family, more time traveling, seeing, doing, and we're young, we're healthy, we have strong bodies, strong minds. Now is the time, right? There is no other time. So, you know, Sarah and I were raised in vastly different homes, right? My parents in the UK are far left, you know, take that. Sh you can't take that shit with you. Spend it now. Sarah's parents, the opposite. Save, save, save. 401k, you know, IRA, blah, 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 blah. Which right. is relevant. It's just balancing. Right. Too. But in my mind, our generation yeah. is not getting a retirement, is not getting any of that. Right. So really, my my method is live for today and do as much as you can while on the back of your mind being responsible and having some kind of plan. Um, and everyone falls on a different spectrum. But our daily living expenses, as far as how we save for this, are very minimal. Right. Um, and thankfully, in most places that we live, we enjoy doing outdoor stuff, which is relatively free, minus yeah. the equipment that you end up buying. Yeah. Um, but we and the lunches afterwards. Yeah. So that's the other tip I would say for the audience, right? Is if you're if you're wanting to travel internationally for a while after your trip. Try and go somewhere where there's not you, you don't have the ability to spend a bunch of money. If you go to Seattle or LA or San Francisco, you're not going to go out without spending 100 bucks every time you go out. Put yourself in Central California or somewhere rural that has proximity to a city that allows you this window to say, okay, do I really want to go out and spend this money or do I want to triple it in value and go to somewhere like Asia instead? But we've, we've chosen locations based on our goals in the past. Like we went to Seattle and loved it, but our goal at that point was to experience Seattle, not right. to save. So it's all yeah. very strategic contract like where you go and, yeah. and how you live. We didn't do anything on the weekends on our last contract because we were very goal oriented about trying to save for this, which makes it feasible to right. take three months off. Yeah. Totally. I, I just wanted to say too, just based off your first point, that was one thing that really flipped my mind from 
the crazy let's go travel the world and, and live in the now. I did one contract and I don't know why. I think it was just because I was supposed to hear this message. But literally my first five patients were um, older people that have just retired. They were on week one of retirement. They were going into their doctor to get a checkup to go travel and they found a cancer. And they were now using the money that they had saved to actually, they were, we were putting ports in so they could get their chemo treatments. And they're like, well, my, my trip's off. And I was just thinking to myself, you've worked this whole life to like retire and go on this trip. And now for your checkup to leave the country, they found a cancer. Now you're on chemo treatment. I was like, that's it. Like, that's all I needed. Let's go. And that was kind of like the whole start of this this whole thing. Well, and I think too, like we all I feel- I need you to talk, my battery's gonna die. We all feel the same where we value experiences, right? And so over like material things, like for me, it's like, what's important? Like having a good gym membership, like having healthy food, going to dinner, like we love a good dinner, you know, things like that are, we'll put money into that because they add value to our mm-hmm. lives. But as far as like the day to day, like, um, I don't clothes or per, like purses or things like I literally could care less about any of that. I want to put my money towards travel and experience. Like I would rather live super frugal and then put your money towards having these incredible experiences we get to have. Cause like, as you know, going somewhere like Southeast Asia, $10,000, $15,000, your money goes so far there that can be months and months and months of experiences and travel over you know, something else that you might spend that money on. You're never going to regret these experiences you're sharing together ever, you know? No, totally. And I wanted to ask too, like, do you guys have to wear, cause you said you have a backpack and money and a one-way ticket. Basically, will you guys budget to lengthen that trip or... Will, will you say like, no, like this is an experience. We want to do it. I don't care if it's like a thousand dollars in Southeast Asia. Let's, let's do it. Or will you say, no, we'd like to extend a little more. And so how does that work? Yeah. Well, and I'm the last thing I'll say, and I'm gonna let you guys take it. Yeah. Like, so there's some people who just eat like ramen noodles to, and I know that's not you guys, because <laughs> you're like our foodie lovers, but like they try to cut so much cost that we're like, why don't you just stay home and eat ramen noodles? Why are you in Japan? Well, I guess in Japan. You yeah, know. that's where you go. Yeah. But like, you, like they're so cheap with so many things to extend their money. They're just frugal travelers versus experiencing, eating, doing all the things, but traveling less. Like what kind of travelers are you guys? Well, for this trip, somebody decided to sign a contract. So we have a day or we have a that's that we have. I was very bummed about that because usually we end up figuring out jobs while we're overseas. Um, so in the long run, that's probably a good thing because it helps us budget. Usually it's literally when our bank account is dwindling, we'll start looking for a job. <laughs> but we have a date that we have to come back on this one. And it's it's really a balance. There's a lot of conversations of do we want this excursion? If we do this excursion, maybe we don't... we cut down on a few meals out or something. So it's a constantly evolving, but we do not limit ourselves. If I'm going to fly halfway around the world, I'm going to do the things that I want to within reason. Like it's nothing extravagant. We just don't do extravagant things, but we'll definitely pay for the experiences while we're over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think two things, one for us in terms of lengthening this trip a little bit, Japan was not on the radar initially. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we have to kind of budget our money knowing that Japan is our last country and we want to max that experience. Um, mm -hmm. and so maybe there's some changes depending on how the money spending goes along the way, because South Korea and Japan will be the most expensive for sure. Um, and then two is just reverse engineering the whole life situation. We knew that we wanted to start a family next year. We knew that we want to build a career and a life long term after travel in Seattle. So me taking this job is 100% a one off. We would never do this normally. And it's way outside of the one month window that we normally shop for jobs. But this job in Seattle is a dream job. It's where I probably want my career to be. And so you have to grab that opportunity by the balls when it comes, right? The plan with that is to go in, have, you know, have a great three months there, market myself as a potential long-term person, stay on as long as I can as a traveler, and then see where we're at with the family situation. So it, it, normally we, would, we wouldn't do that, right? Yeah, but it's, it's part of the bigger picture. Like he wouldn't pass an opportunity on a dream job. Um, so I'm willing to cut our our trip potentially a little bit short in order for him to have that opportunity. Exactly. But yeah. it's because we know right. where we want to be next year in five years, knowing that plans change for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a good move. Yeah. Well, it goes back to like looking at the bigger picture, right? Like you're, you want to be in Seattle. It's a great opportunity, right? And you guys still have two months, which is kind of cool because now you have your money doesn't have to go as far. So like going crazy in Japan and eating sushi like 24 seven and, you know, drinking all the Japanese whiskey and sake and oh my God, I'm getting really upset. <laughs> I, I want to go. Um, but yeah, you guys can just like fully be in it and splurge. And I think that's, you know, one thing too, like we realized when we were doing our year of travel is, you know, making money last a certain amount of time. We were like, I would rather travel less and just go ham and just do whatever we want and have, because it's always those experiences you have, like whether it's an excursion or like a cool dinner or whatever that you're like, damn, like that was awesome, you know? And I would rather be able to spend more in a shorter period of time and come home than try to like elongate it. Well, and we also realized- Which I didn't used to feel that way. Yeah, so, during, during our long travel stints, overseas, we realized that we had the most fun. And I, I don't know if maybe you've ever thought about this, but what? once the contract was locked, like we'd be traveling, we'd be like, Hey, we should probably get a contract. Uh, money's kind of dwindling. And then like the day that the contract came through, it was like the rest of the travel was so much fun. Cause like we were so in it because there wasn't that fear of like, what are we doing? We've done too much excursion wise. We've eaten too many crazy dinners. We've gone on too many food tours. Like, then it became like, oh, that doesn't matter. We have enough of a runway to get home. We're good. Let's, let's, let's roll. Let's go crazy. And we end up, you know, with the, remember the, uh, we were in Portugal, found out I was going to Emory and we went and found that Peruvian restaurant and did Pisco Sours and just like kept them coming. Like, let's just keep going. Like all night. One of the I want to say and that you guys will completely relate to, relate to, excuse me, is that that life cycle there, the way that we travel is completely sustainable. By the time that we're done in Japan, we're going to be so hungry to come home, right? That 
we'll be ready to start on a job. We'll be ready to come on with fresh energy because we're just burned out. You know, it's like, and it sounds so bougie, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're so tired from all your international travels and all your, your, your cool dinners and whatnot. Um, but you are, and that, that threshold is different for everybody, right? But for us, every time we go out we, and we sign that contract, we're so ready to come home because there is something about this country and, and place that we call home, wherever that is, that you miss so much, whether it's, you know, your suitcase and your belongings and all your stuff, whether it's your family or people or just being in a routine, right? You don't realize how much you miss something until you don't have it. And I think that's one of the things that that international experience gives you. And it really opens your eyes as to how good we have it here. Right. Um, so that's that's one thing I think that's really important to keep in mind. I'm so glad that you brought that up, because I think that's such a it's an interesting conversation because I, I feel like a lot of times when people say like, oh, I'm, you know, exhausted from traveling and, you know, there's they're like, I'm ready to come home. And, and people who don't travel long term, like they kind of don't get that. They're like, you're exhausted. You're like jet setting around the world and like, you know, doing all these cool things. And, you know, traveling is amazing. It's my favorite thing to do. It's my greatest passion, but it does burn you out. And there, it's like there's so many decisions and there's so much movement that we realize like we crave routine. Like after a couple of months, like you said, it's like, we want to hit the gym. We want our healthy food. We want to cook our own meals and be in our structure again. And it's nice to have that back and forth balance where, you know, we realize ours was like, after a couple of months, we're kind of done. We're exhausted with traveling and we're, we want to come home. Like, there's no better feeling than being gone and then like landing back in the US and just being like, I'm so grateful to be back to my comforts. Yeah. And like, that's okay. Yeah. Well, and that's what you always say is like, what it, you, you need that contrast, right? Because, you know, everybody who doesn't travel is just like, I would love to just jet set around the world for five, six months. And we've done that a couple of times and we've realized after three, we're kind of like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, I, you know, and, and you do have comforts, but it's not your comforts. It, it's not your own bed. It's not your own coffee pot. It's not your own smells. And like you start to miss those things. Mm -hmm. And I love that aspect because then you come home and you're like, wow, like I love it here. Like I love it here. And these things I took for granted all the time of just like, I just wish I was out traveling. Like, no, yeah. like, but you do have those times that you need that contrast to flip flop. And it does make you appreciate the little things more and more and more and more. A hundred percent. If you haven't, I sorry, Kim, if you haven't had that experience just yet in terms of international travel, think of it this way, right? Like Sarah and I, we eat healthy all week, right? And when that weekend comes, we just want to ravage and eat whatever we want to eat. And then by the time Monday comes, like we're ready to hop back on the salad train, right? And that's what keeps that sustainable loop running. I think that's the best comparison that I can make. And it never feels like an obligation. Like when, I mean, when we're, when you have balance, you, you appreciate both. When you have the balance of traveling and the balance of a daily routine, you can really appreciate them. It's not like, oh, I have to do this every single day for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that keeps me engaged and I don't get so bored and grumpy. So I, whether, whether we're talking about the week structure or how we travel, it's just, it's really easy to be all in, enjoy it and then pivot and be all in with work. Um, so I like that diversity. And I yeah. think the two to three months is a good time frame. Like we get a little grumpy for more than three months if we're traveling. For us, but like you said, the constant movement, right? Yeah. Where are we sleeping? Yeah. Where are we going next? And all the planning, it does get draining after a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, do, you, well, do you think that has anything to do with healthcare traveling? Like, I, I do feel that, like, I mean, we've been traveling for 10 years. We are so programmed with a three-month mm-hmm. thing that it's just like, okay, I'm ready for something new. I'm ready to go home or I'm ready to, yeah. like, the next adventure, whatever that is. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's completely different person to person, right? Like, obviously, we have a, a shit ton in common with you guys. But, like, you know, someone else's tolerance may be one or two weeks. Someone, we have friends, you know, Matt or whoever else may be like, well, we'll go for six months and we'll be fine. Like... It's completely personality yeah. dependent, but the, the, the great thing is like, go and try, try and taste and do as much as you can. And that's how you learn about yourself. And don't compare yourself to other travelers. Cause I think I did this like before I always, cause I was always somebody who I always wanted to let go of my comforts and what I thought I needed. And like, I'm okay just to be anywhere and adapt and like, you figure it out. I don't have to have every single thing I think that I need to have. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of my traveling experience. I was always trying to let go of what I thought I needed. And then I would start to get burned out and I would want to go home. But then I would compare myself to like YouTubers that I follow that travel for years and years and years and they don't get tired. And I'm like, we're not cut out for this life. What's wrong with me? And I always thought that there was something wrong where it's like now I just feel like, no, it's just who I am that I, after a couple of months, I want my comforts again. And like, that's okay. Where other people can go years and they don't need anything. And like, not, neither of it's right or wrong. It's just who you are and how you enjoy traveling. And when you start to feel that like love for travel, start that passion dim a little bit where it starts to feel more like work and you start to feel tired and you start to be like, I don't really want to go here. Then you kind of know it's time to go home. Like, why are you, we used to push ourselves. We're like, why are we, go home. Why are we, like, we have to go. It's like, no, go home. It's and fine. I think for, <laughs> you know, I've given myself permission to learn about what I like through all of this. Like take a job that's a little uncomfortable. And if you don't like it, that's okay. And try to travel for three months. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Versus my, my tendency and my mindset is you've committed to this. You must do it and you must like it. And so I think, giving yourself that grace and permission to be mentally flexible just makes this more enjoyable because it is a learning process and you don't go into travel knowing what you like. You just have to figure it out along the way and you get lots of opportunities to figure that out with this lifestyle. I love that. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. I want to end with like a fun story with you guys. So fun fact, you guys got married in Portugal Mm. Was it a year ago or two? A year, September. A year in September, yeah. September 20th. A year in September. Mm. Okay. You remember? And <laughs> what? You said, oh, you remember. <laughs> well, P.S., today is our 15-year anniversary. Yeah. Well, not wedding, but, like, the first day that we, like, took our friendship to the next level. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And somebody forgot. I did not. And I had a peek in the shower and I said, do you know what today is? I did not forget. I have alerts and it's actually my best friend's. I was the best man in his wedding and it's his wedding anniversary. So obviously know what it is. I always test to see if you know. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyways. You guys know those dates though? Because we literally picked September 25th because it's a day after his birthday because we both suck at remembering dates. And so the fact that. Celebrate that is very impressive. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are like, that is weird because I'm like not great at dates either, but like this day and then our wedding anniversary are like really the only, the only dates. Yeah. Um, 
But anyways, not to steal your thunder. Um, you guys got married in Portugal. And I, okay, I want to hear the story about how that came about. Like, if you guys, was it a whim? Because I don't think I actually got, like, the full story from you guys. Like, was this planned? Or did you just, like, say, we're here, let's do it? Like, it's a crazy, like, you guys just got married in Portugal by yourselves. Like, what's the story there? Yeah, so, I mean, it was definitely something that was being planned for a little bit. But the problem was, is that my family's on one side of the world and her family's on the other. And we were of the opinion that if people can't figure out their schedules, it's just going to be us. And we don't have any problem with that. Both of us were in serious relationships before we met for a long time and had been through, you know, that situation before. Um, and so we wanted it to be just us. And so, yeah, we, we had a nice, expensive, very nice dinner up in Porto and, um, you know, just decided to elope. And some of that goes to where we want our money to go. Like we started looking at trying to get family together. Yes. We could either travel for a couple months and family is very important to both of us. And we had our, our respective celebrations with mm -hmm. each of them separately, but just the logistics of trying to get people together and planning a party like that, um, eloping and spending a couple months in Europe sounded way better. <laughs> I a hundred percent agree. Like anyone getting married, I always say like my best advice like do something so cheap, so easy, no stress, like just have it be fun, enjoy it. And then go do like a kick-ass honeymoon and go travel uh -huh. for three months. Or do it all in one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was, you know, I think more meaningful because it was the two of us. Like we wrote our own vows and there was a lot of discussion about what our vows were going to look like. And so it wasn't standing in front of a crowd saying, vows to other people there was a lot of conversation and i think that's just how our relationship goes so so funny story before we actually did the marriage thing in portugal we sat at dinner and we wrote our vows on notes on our app on our phone in bullet points okay. and then we had each other assign each other's <laughs> vows before we went in Shut up. before we went and did it so now whenever we get in a little tip or whatever we go <laughs> you Oh my God. On the phone. And it's always with us, right? And our vows are ever evolving, right? If we don't like something, something's getting old, we change it or we add in something new, right? And obviously there's a long and serious conversation about changing bits and pieces, but yeah, it's flexible. But it felt right for us. Like, yeah. um, you know, we, we still had our family and we see them very frequently, but this just felt good and authentic. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I love that. So you did go into, maybe I missed this, you did go into that Europe trip with the intention of we are getting married here. Or it, it wasn't literally on a on a port tour being like, let's get married. <laughs> let's get hitched. But, but we by no means had like, oh, we're going to do it in this country or this time. We flowed through Europe and whenever it felt right, we looked at each other and I said, you, you want to do it here? She's like, yeah, I think so. I said, okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because we, we obviously watch a lot of Anthony Bourdain and it's like his Porto episode is like one of the most depressing, miserable episodes. <laughs> and then we get there obviously in the middle of the summer and it's like epic beautiful. and beautiful and the sun's out. And it was like just quite the contrast of um, what we had experienced there on TV before compared to our actual experience. So I'm glad it was the latter. Porto's amazing. Yeah, I love like, Porto. It's such a cool city. Mm -hmm. 
uh, the wine, everything, like the food was just amazing. So you guys are heading to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And I know you just have your plane tickets. You're heading your Ho Chi Minh flying into. And then do you guys have any, like how long you're staying or any big kind of, cause I know like you're, you plan some and then you kind of just let it flow. But like, do you have any big things? Absolutely. Yeah. So the macro is it's, it's like nine weeks, right? I think total after the Seattle job commit. Um, so it's, if we're talking Vietnam, Thailand, South Korea, Japan, that's four countries. So roughly two weeks in each country, right? Um, we have a very exhaustive list of recommendations from friends from every single country and place that we've been. And we've been connected so intricately into the culture of each country. Um, and the other thing that we have that's beneficial to us is, I think in every country now, um, a local there who speaks English, who knows the region. And that's, if you can get hold of that in any country, it's gold. Um, yeah. But as far as the macro goes, we in Vietnam have two big things that Sarah wants to do. There is a Halong Bay cruise boat that is more remote, rural, removed from all of the touristy spots that we've been highly recommended from a local Vietnamese guy. Um, and then there is a deep caving experience in some of the biggest caves in Vietnam where we go rappelling and we camp for a few nights and it's guided just like the Peru thing was. Um, but that's, that's, those are the two big things in Vietnam. But other than that, normally you guys have seen that I've posted on social. I draw the map of the country. I generally make a line of where we want to go. So if we fly into the South, we're going to work our way up. Um, and yep. I put all our recommendations on the map. And whatever feels right as we go is kind of how we, we plan. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, usually we don't book a lot of no. excursions. And so when we first, like one of our first big trips, it was, well, I guess Europe was right after COVID. And we got so lucky because nobody was traveling. Right. So I think this trip is going to be a little bit more tricky because people are starting to travel again. Everyone is out. So we yeah. we haven't booked anything yet, but we'll probably just kind of ballpark some dates and then work other things in around it. So those were the two big things I wanted to do mm-hmm. in Vietnam. And it works that one is in the southern region and one's more north. Um, so I think we'll book them and then just fill in the pieces because things like food tours are pretty easy to get last minute, but the the excursions we're going to have to, and I'm trying to convince Mr. No plans over here that we need to book it early in order to make it happen. Yeah. But you know, we, that's part of like, this trip is different than last trip. So we'll do it a little bit differently and see how it works out. Well, we definitely stole the food tour thing from you guys. I think that's a great orientation to any new city. Um, and to get with a local who can say, go here, 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 and here, um, to, to kind of add to our plans. But we got to the point of like, we don't want any more recommendations. Right. We have enough, please. It's like too much, right? Oh, it's well, like overload. And that's, well, well, that's what I was going to say. So the food tour, that was my request that I really wanted to see. And you have to put it on Insta so I can see it because I want to, the audience doesn't know Joe's six, eight, right? Or six, seven, six, eight to 60. <laughs> 68260, and the food tour that we were going to go on in Ho Chi Minh in City, Ho Chi Minh City was you known for the women that the women lead the, the food tour and they drive the scooters because they've noticed that women are safer drivers on the scooters, that 90% of accidents in Ho Chi Minh come from male male uh, drivers. Not not This is not a general statement. Yeah. This is a Vietnam right. statement. And so I just pictured big-ass Joe on the back <laughs> of a moped with this little girl 
as they're riding through the craziness of Ho Chi Minh because that is how they do their food tours on scooters. So you have to do that. You guys have to do it. <laughs> just for like, I want to see the pictures. I want to see the video. <laughs> and it's supposed to just be such a cool way to experience that city because it's a crazy city. Um, and just be able to eat all the food and ride on the back of a scooter. <laughs> Drive it. She flat out refuses. We just got our international driver's licenses again, just in case. And she... I don't let her drive because it's scary. I may as well close my eyes. Okay. I, mean, I understand. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, I've heard the Kim driving stories, <laughs> as has the rest. Yeah. No, that on a moped, we gonna die. <laughs> we gonna die. I tried it. I crashed. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a situation, and I'm just good. Like, I trust him. He's a great driver. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't feel like I need to drive. You know, I like to be on the back. I'm good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think anyone you know who can back a manual up a hill in Italy is is probably should be the one on the scooter. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't wait to see you guys as you like navigate uh, through Bali. I, I really hope you guys make it to Bali. I, I feel like out of everywhere, you have to go to Bali. Yeah, if we're there. It's you know we're we're certainly willing and you know we could we'll see how it works yeah. we might there's there's a list of maybes that yeah. we'll probably pit stop through uh -huh. yeah well and I also love the way and this is how we do it too is like you have some some major things like you know you want to do but then once you get there it's like you meet people and then they're like hey do this go here try this things like you didn't even know about are here not on your list and like then that kind of starts taking on the trip. So it's like, it just allowing the adventure to lead the way as you guys are so good about doing. And like, just excited to follow you guys and see like where you go, what you get into. We will be following everybody listening. Definitely follow both Joe. I feel like you're always doing all the social things. Pretty much. You guys have a joint account. Like uh, Joe and Sarah thought, take the world. But, but yeah. It's, he I doesn't mean, want to share. It's no, that's not it at all. I mean, we're we're pretty much so our social stuff has her on it anyway. So he's just really good at posting. So you got to play to strengths. Yep, yep. He is really good at it. So where can they follow you guys on your on your journey? And also, I know Joe, like you share a bunch about um, the points and stuff, which yeah. we need to have you guys on again just to talk specifically about that. Um, but like you share all that kind of stuff. So where can people follow you guys? Yeah, for sure. So Instagram and Facebook primarily. Instagram is jdaniels underscore DPT. So J-D-A-N-I-E-L-S underscore DPT, Doctor of Physical Therapy. Um, and I believe yours is Sarah Kate 6102. If Just not, follow him. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but when, when we do the Instagram stories, we always um, auto it auto posts over to the Facebook story as well. So cumulatively, what we end up doing is I'll post stories throughout the days. And when we finish with a country, I'll do a summary post of Vietnam, of Thailand, of the rest of it. Um, and that's kind of how that that goes yeah totally. but it's fun sharing that stuff yeah so but yeah well, he's I mean, interested we're, we're we're always available if you guys have any questions while we're traveling um we're always available to coach or mentor answer any questions you may have if you have recommendations mm -hmm. please feel free feel free to send them we'll definitely take a look at them um but yeah th those are the two main main mm -hmm. platforms awesome well we will be following we're so excited for you guys and just have an amazing trip and 
eat all the food for us. Yeah, totally. I just, you know, thank you guys for being here. I, I love actually connecting with you both any, any chance we can get, um, especially bringing it uh, to the audience. And I just think it was so valuable and awesome. It was just awesome to connect. So I really love that part. So it's almost selfish from, from my end. Um, hopefully the audience got some, but technically I don't really well, we even could, care because I'd just rather speak to you guys. We could talk like all day. I still have so many questions I didn't get to. But <laughs> well, again, if, we knew that so was if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, message. We're, we're, we're always available. To yeah. But it's good talking to you guys. So thank you for the opportunity. We'll have to do um, a catch up while you guys are traveling. Like, let's do like a six or like a five week check in and see how yeah. you guys are. Yeah, whatever. That would be fun. We're, we're game with it for sure. All right. Awesome. All right, All right guys. Well, we will see you out there. Have an awesome trip. And thank you for being on the Travis Podcast. I got gotcha. you. See you later.